last section, the second half of the last paragraph in the introduction. Okay? And here he talks about why he calls this book Netzach Yisrael. So the word Netzach really has two translations. Netzach can mean victory, and Netzach can mean eternity. Ki Hashem Yidbarach Natan li Yisrael hanitzchiyut that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave um, Klal Yisrael. I, I prefer you don't even share. Okay, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave Klal Yisrael eternity. We are an eternal nation. Veinam kalim chas v'shalom begalutam hakasheva hakaved. Even though there's going to be very difficult exile, and it looks like the game is over many times throughout Jewish history. There's a, there's a definitive promise, a reality, we're not going away. All right? We're eternal, and as difficult as the galut gets, we're always going to be there. Not only do the Jewish people have eternity, but God has eternity. So now we get into the word victory, that God is always going to be victorious, this is the Maral talking in the 16th century where the Roman Empire, which is the Western world, the Western Christian world, looks pretty powerful. <clears throat> so the fact that God is victorious means he's going to be victorious over the Roman Empire. lishpot et that HaKadosh Baruch is ultimately going to be the king. All right, so this is why he calls the book, we skipped the introduction, but I just wanted to get that last paragraph of why he calls the book Netzach Yisrael. The eternity of the Jewish people, the ultimate victory of the Jewish people. Okay? So now, um, there's, the, the, the morale has a number, there's an undertone of political assumptions. Because we're talking about the Jewish nation. And what makes a nation? So there are various philosophies of nationhood. What makes a nation into a nation? And there are, again, there are different, if you, if you study history or philosophy, um, so you'll understand that there are different, there are different shitot, if you will, in the definition of nationhood. Okay, okay. so the morale is going to talk about Jewish nationhood and why Jewish nationhood is different than every other nation. And maybe just one other word of background. The, the, the motivator for this book was Christian theology. Everybody can imagine if you're a Jew in the 16th century in Europe and you understand and you hear Christian theology, it looks very convincing. What's the Christian theology? We stood at Sinai. We were the chosen people. The Messiah came and we rejected him. What's the consequences of rejecting Messiah? You get unchosen. And that's what happened to the Jewish people. Where did the, according to Christian um, um, narrative, the Messiah came at the year zero, even though according to our sources it's not correct, but we'll go with theirs. And there, there was destruction and exile, and now look at the 
chosen people over the next 1,500 years. Does that look like a chosen people? Downtrodden, pursued, disgraced, the dregs of the world, um, uh, dispersed to the four corners of the earth. That doesn't look like a chosen people. That was the Christian validation of their narrative that we have been unchosen. So the Maral wrote this book to, ver- to refute uh, that theology and to show that everything is playing out according to script. And the exile is a necessary forerunner to the redemption. The words, he's going to make that play on words already in the first chapter. Ga'al. You say Ga'al Yisrael? What is Ga'al? He redeemed. He redeemed. What is the verb to exile? Galo. Ligalot, galo. Gimel, lamed, hey. So the letter, the two, there are two letters that are common, and there's a one letter difference. The aleph and the hey. So there's an interface between the galut and the geula. One other thing to point out, what's the positioning of the hey in galo? And what's the positioning of the aleph in ga'al? Where do we consider something more impactful? The middle or the end? The middle holds everything together. The end is the edge. Okay? Now let's go inside. Ka'asher ha'davar noda mehovcho I'm sorry. Ka'asher ha'davar ha'tov noda mehovcho yidia amitit When you want to understand something positive, you have to contrast it with the negative. If there's no contrasts, there's no real understanding. To really understand something, you always have to have the opposite. If you want to use our language, to really understand the Chiddush, you have to understand the default. What was the default? What are we moving off of? The, 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 right? the point, counterpoint, thesis, antithesis. You appreciate white when you appreciate black. Meaning from one of the extremes. You can understand the opposite when you understand one side of the extreme. You can then appreciate the opposite. This is really comes from... Uh, from philosophers. It comes from the Chazal also. Um, but uh, I, I think he's quoting Aristotle. Right, that you, that, right? From knowing the opposites, there's a unity between two opposites. I think that comes from Aristotle. Okay? Ubishvil ze amru behagada matchil bignut umisayem bishvach. Hopefully you remember your Pesach Agada. We start with the Negative, the low, the lowliness of the Jewish people, and then we go to the positive. The lama matchil bignut, rak mitneisha ein l'shevach hakaramitit, rak menefek. One of the problems of um, people who are born into a state of wealth and luxury can never appreciate the luxury because they don't know anything else. Somebody who started poor and became rich. Somebody who grew up without a state of Israel and now has a state of Israel appreciates it. People who grew up in the state of Israel. 
no appreciation. Okay, one of our explanations of why 1987, the, there became an intifada, where the, the, the Arabs in the West Bank started basically rioting and revolting, is because that was a generation that grew up only knowing being under Israel control. The older generation knew what it meant to be under Jordanian control. So the Six-Day War was actually a breath of fresh air for them because they got freedom of the press and they got freedom of movement. But it was only the next generation. When you grow up in a situation, you don't appreciate the alternative. All right, that's basically what he's saying here. <clears throat> you want to understand the ultimate redemption? What is it going to look like? You have to start with the exile. You first have to understand what does it look like to be in exile? What does it mean, destruction? Then you can start appreciating the alternative. Now we can start appreciating what we're looking forward to. Let's look at the mess we're in and understand that this is not the ideal. This is not the purpose. This is not how it's supposed to be. But then we can understand, wow, if this mess is what we're in and it's not supposed to be, just imagine what it's going to look like when it gets to be what it's supposed to be. So, okay, so we want to understand exile. Because really the, mar- the morale is writing here in the 16th century, right, 1,500 years of exile. And we want to understand the exile. But to understand exile, we need to understand why are we in exile? What happened? How did we end up in the mess? And all of the, all of the things that surround exile. So the first half of the book talks about exile. What did we do wrong? Why is the situation we're in now exactly appropriate to our behavior and perfectly predicted in all our sources? Again, if you have, if it was predicted 1,500 years before it happened and then it played out according to the script, that's very different than if you think it's random. Okay, that's number one. V'od yesh why else am I going to devote the first half of the book to the exile? Because who rayavo geula? If we understand the exile and the mess, it will be a proof of the ultimate redemption. Why? Zeki ain't safek ki hagalut hushinui min haseder. Now we talk about order. So there are laws of nature. And laws of nature are orderly or random. Every time you drop the pen, it always falls down. There's order in the laws of nature. Okay? What about history? So the morale holds that there's order in history also. There are orderly things. Things are supposed to happen in an orderly way. Okay, he goes so far as to say that even in the miracles, <coughs> there's, there's a kind of an order in miracles. All of this comes because God created the world, and God created an orderly world. Okay, so um, 
So if there's order, okay, then galut is a is a departure from orderliness. Why? He's going to see why. Shashem Barach Sider Kol Uma Bimekoma Hara Every nation was created with place. Part of or part of nature is place. Okay, fish cannot live on dry land. Okay, camels can live in the desert. A, a, a deer can't live in the desert. Every animal, every na- every organism has a place. So every nation also has a place. And therefore the Jewish people were put in its place, as every nation was put in its place. And of course, what's the place of the Jewish people? Eretz Yisrael. The Hagalut min komam, who seder, the So when the Jewish people are exiled, they're departing from their natural place. It's a misalignment of the natural order. The kolat varim When an organism leaves its natural habitat, it cannot endure in an unnatural environment. Okay? You take an, an organism out of its natural environment, what is the natural thing that the organism is going to do? It gravitates back towards its natural environment. If you take the fish out of the water and it's near the water, it's going to try to get back into the water. Every organism, when it's out of its natural habitat, the first reaction is to get back into the natural habitat. Why? Because im hayunisharim bimikomam have built TV. Because if that organism would remain in a place that's not natural for it, so then that would transform an unnatural thing into nature. And that's a violation of the laws, of the rules of nature. N- n- unnatural things can't become natural. Like that's a violation of the laws of nature because there's orderliness. Mashal is it? Again, it's a little bit of a primitive example. We'll try to use a more, uh, more, a more accessible example, but we'll start with him. The fire normally rises or falls. Fire fi- rises. So if you try to force the fire down, the fire extinguishes. Land, earth, physical land, if you throw something up and it would stay up, what would that indicate? It's not following the laws of nature. It's, not, it's violating the laws of nature. You throw it up, it right away gravitates down. If it would throw up and it stays up, you violated the laws of nature. So that would violate, that would just undo all the laws of nature. So the morale says that when you take a nation out of its natural habitat, it will naturally gravitate back. It cannot stay out because if it stayed out, then that would turn an unnatural state into the natural state. So therefore, Yisrael ba'atzmam, im hayu omdim begalut la'olam, 
So the first thing he's telling you is the Jew out of Eretz Yisrael is temporary. Can't be permanent. Because if it would be permanent, it would be like throwing something up and having it stay up. Outside of Eretz Yisrael is not the appropriate place. He adds here another phrase. They're supposed to be in Eretz Yisrael. What is Birshut Atzmam? Under their own control. Not controlled by foreign forces. As we have in the Mishnah Pirkeiolos. One of the reasons this doesn't resonate with us is because we have been transformed into a portable society. People don't have a real mukkum. I'm here for a few years, I'm there for a few years, travel here, travel there. It's a destabilization of how the world is supposed to be. The idea of mukkum is very important, and the fact that we've lost it is a big deficiency. Koldavar, and the other thing is besides having a place, birshud atzmo, independent, not controlled by outside forces. So if the Jewish people would remain in exile forever, which is basically what Christian theology says, you're out, you're finished. Uh, you realize that 1948 was a huge crisis for th- Christian theology. Because we were thrown out of the land of Israel into exile because we're unchosen. So how are we coming back to Eretz Yisrael? And they revised their theology to say, well, Zion, that we're being thrown out, doesn't mean Eretz Yisrael. It means, who knows Christian theology? You know, I didn't study it yet? Covenant. Uh, when we came back to Israel, they had to revise the theology. It's a necessary part of their... We're back in Israel. Yerushalayim became Zion. We weren't through with our place. When it says we're not coming back, it meant to Yerushalayim. That was fine for 19 years. <laughs> and then, six-day war. No, Rav Yisrael spoke about this. That one of the miracles of the Six-Day War was the shattering of even the revised Christian theology. Okay. So, in my Yunishorim, because that's what we were supposed to do. So the morale is already writing in the 16th century. In my Yunishorim, begalut lo'olam, hayad avarazeh, amidah chutz lemekomam, shu bilti tivi nasetivi. So the moral, it's unnatural for us to be in exile. So if that would be an eternal thing, then that would take natural and turn it, an unnatural reality, and transform it into a natural reality. That's impossible. Again, the Maral is writing in the 16th century, we are going back. That's what he's writing here. We're going back. We're out. It's been 1,500 years. Temporary could be a long time, but it's temporary. She'en omid bitmidut rak hadvarim ativiyim. There has to be a consistency of existence. But if an unnatural thing becomes eternal, so then that turns into the natural. Anyway, so he's, report, he's, he's saying here, we're coming back. First Kiddush. Now, what about the fact that we are dispersed? We're spread out through the whole world. Pizur. Pizur means, lefazer is, to spread out. Okay? That's also not a natural situation. 
I'll use a simple example in statistics. How many of you study statistics? Social science statistics? Regression to the mean. What's regression to the mean? Everything falls back to the average. You could have extreme situations, right? This is in, in, um, even in, um, in, um, in, in genetics, okay? So you could have some very, uh, somebody could be born very tall. Their children will be taller than the average, but they won't be as tall as the parents. There's always a regression to the mean, that even when things are out of whack, eventually there's a mean that everything comes back to. Okay? That's, again, the pizur means to separate. There's a natural affinity towards getting back together. Fragmentation is not a natural state. The natural state is unity. All right? Atoms, molecules, everything sticks together. There's, I don't know, you know, you take a, um, I don't know, an ant colony and you start spreading them out. They, they, some are that they all gravitate back towards the group. In other words, there's an integrity, there's a unity. The idea that people are, dis, are, are divided, says the Maral, that's an unnatural state. The natural state should be people should be united. Because it's all humanity. So even though we were dispersed, the natural affinity of a nation is to get back together. I mean, we see it in every nation, right? When Italians leave Italy, where do they go? Jersey. <laughs> I, I think they, did they still have Little Italy in New York? Yeah. Did they still have Chinatown? Yeah. Chinatown's the only one left. Chinatown's the only one, okay, but... Right, the, the the Irish always gravitated to the to a certain place. If you left Ireland, you didn't go to fifty different places where a few people here, a few people there. Somehow or other, when you left, you wanted to stay together with your peers. Okay, ironically and interestingly enough, the Marl's going to make this point when we were and the Ramban talks about it when we were sent into exile. So what's the natural? If Italians are exiled, they naturally go to Little Italy. Okay, when the South Africans leave South Africa. You'll find them in San Diego, in Toronto, and, right, and maybe in London. They don't just go everywhere. When we were exiled, where did we go? Everywhere. The second exile, where did we go? After the second temple was destroyed, where did we go? Everywhere. We were dispersed the four corners of the earth. Arba Kanfota Aretz. The Ramban points out that's not a natural way for exile. Normally when a, when a nation is kicked out of their land, they gravitate together to another place. So that's Pizur. That's part of the exile, is that not only we were kicked out of Eretz Israel, but we were kicked out and spread to the four corners of the earth. Okay? That's an unnatural situation. Okay? So ultimately, if that's unnatural, then, as we said, na- nature always gravitates towards the natural. So we're going to come back. The fact that we were sprinkled among all the nations, that's not a natural state. We're one nation. We should stay together. You are, I hope you, you hear the prediction of Kibbutz Goliath. That 
from all over the world. We're going to be in everywhere, but we're ultimately going to all be drawn back together. Okay. Skipping a couple of lines. We have the, in, in, in essence, we have the, the most unity. And if you were paying attention in, um, in, in Parshas Korach, the Medrash says that we're, we're, we're one nation, we have one Torah, one Kohen, one Beis Amikdash, one Mizbeach, one God, in contradistinction to the other nations. They have lots of temples and lots of priests and lots of things. Okay, 1,400 brands of Christianity. Okay, we're one. That's our natural state. Because we are the most united one nation. So therefore, So then this dispersal is the most unnatural thing you could imagine. And you can't just tell me, oh, well, we sinned. Again, you realize that he's, of course, alluding again to the Christian theology. Even if we sin, you can't turn unnatural things into nature. So the Maral is telling us that, again, put yourself in the Europe, Eastern Europe in the 16th century. So Maral is writing to the people of the Jewish people that right now we're dispersed over the whole world. We're in exile. We're going back to Eretz Yisrael and we're going to be united. Next. The idea of one nation controlling another nation, that also violates the natural order. The natural order is every nation is independent. Every nation controls its own destiny. That's what's supposed to be. Once you understand that God created nations, you look very troubled, Mayor. Does that mean that when Moshiach comes, we won't have control over all the Wait, wait, we're not talking about Mashiach. Mashiach? We don't, we don't know what the Mashiach is going to look like. Rambam chapter 12. Okay, let's not talk about Mashiach. Let's talk about the natural order, okay? The natural order is no nation is supposed to control another nation. I don't know why you think that we're going to control other nations. Why, why do you think we're going to control other nations? Where does well, it say that? That what? I, I think that you got it wrong. We'll have control over other nations. I don't think it says that. I, I want you to show me where it says that. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, when we talk about every nation having control over its own, the idea it, it's supposed to. God created it that way. Okay. Does that include? Does that include the uh, development where nations swallow other nations, but then it's still one nation to itself? Okay. So the Rao's talking. God created seventy nations, and those are supposed to be independent. How history unfolds is is again we, we, we've lost the idea of the seventy nations. Okay, he's talking about the theoretical reality of how God created the world. And therefore, any time one nation is controlling another nation, that's an unnatural state. That's what he's saying. So therefore, if we're being controlled by other nations, and when we're in exile, is the Jewish, Jewish nation being controlled by foreign forces? Absolutely. Says them all, that's unnatural. Therefore, that can't endure. Okay? Um, all right, let's skip a few lines. Avalshara umot lefiseder mitziut ra'uish shekol umav umav itzad shinivrli atzma 
Every nation should be independent. That's the ideal state of how God created the natural world. In independent nations. Okay? Meaning, if we would be under the control of other nations eternally, then again, we're back to unnatural becoming natural. It's an unnatural reality. And therefore, it can't endure. Again, the moral here is repeating over and over again. We're in a bad situation. It's temporary. It's temporary. Okay? All right, next paragraph. Okay, listen carefully to the psukim and realize the chidushim here. You see where I am? Veramzu chachamim? I skipped just a couple of lines. Okay, so here's the pasuk. This is God speaking to Avram at the Brit Ben Abitarmi, the covenant. Vayomer Hashem al Avram, Yadoa teida ki ger Everybody recognize that pasuk? What's the problem? Double language. Yadoa teida. Well, what's, what, is the, what should it have said? Teida. You should know. Right? Either yadoa or teida. But why is yadoa teida? What's the double language? I, everybody appreciates the problem in the text. Says, says the Medrish. Yadoa shanim efazra. <laughs> You should know that I'm going to disperse them. Teda shani You should know I'm going to gather them in. Yadoa shani memashkenam. Teda shani porkan. You should know that I'm going to enslave them or um, um, in debt make them controlled by another nation. Okay, um, a mashkon is as collateral, meaning I'm holding on to the collateral that belongs to you, and ultimately you redeem the collateral. So it says you should know that I'm going to put you. It, under the control of other nations, but you should know I'm going to redeem you. Porkan, I will um, uh, redeem. Yadoa shani mishabdam, you should know that I'm going to enslave you. Teda shani goalam, you should know that I'm also going to redeem you. So, what's going on here? So, first of all, the double language, Yadoa teda. So, when Avram is being told what's going to happen, we're, con- we're connecting. The negative and the positive. You should know that you're going to be in big trouble. And you should know I'm going to take care of you. Why is that? Is that good news? That doesn't sound like such good news to me, does it? I'm going to break your leg. But then, I'm going to fi- then I, but I have a great operation to fix your leg. What, what's, what's going on here? Okay, everybody understand what's going There's an issue here. Says the Marat. There are three steps here. And really, says the moral, the only important step is you're going into exile. Remember, what are we talking about? Avram is being told about the Egyptian exile. That you're going to, right? That you're going to be enslaved by a nation, and I'm going to, and I'm going to redeem you. So that's all that should have said. What are these extra. Mefazron, mekabson, memashkanom, porkon. Mefazron means to disperse. Memashkanom means to make you. In de- uh, in, uh, um, there's a word I'm looking for. Um, that you're going to be um, indebted, so to speak. Just say, I'm going to, I'm going to um, exile you, and I'm going to redeem you. So say, Ikashemashkukomokom shigal Yisrael. 
Why are we talking about dispersion and, and uh, ingathering? So what is Chazal telling us? Yadoateda is in, in implying exile and redemption. And Galut Bilashon Yadoa and Gula Bilashon Teda. Yadoa is present, future, or past. Yadoa. Future. Present, future, or past. What about Teda? Teda is certainly. So what's Yadoa Teda? Yadoa is present. Yadoa, no. Teda, you will know. Look at the exile existentially, and from that you're going to know the redemption. Do we see that God has dispersed us? Look at that and know that we're going to be gathered. Teda shani makansan. Why? Wait a minute. If I see the dispersion, how does that convince me that we're going to be ingathered? Let's see if you guys can pick up what the mom's about to say. If I see now we are in, this, in a state of dispersion, that tells me we will be reunited. How? Because we are dispersed. So stage one is complete. Our natural, our natural state is to be together. And, and we're in an unnatural state. So the fact that I observe that we're in an unnatural state... And I look at that, now I know that we're going to be reunited. That's what he's saying here. This is unnatural. So I know from this what it's, what it's really going to look like. So the worse the pizur, the more I know there's going to be yichud. Yadoa nimemashkanam. Mamashkana means I gave, I gave, I put other nations in control of your destiny. Other nations control you. That's unnatural. So from that you know that God's going to redeem us. And again, when we're in another land, and we're being controlled by other nations. And therefore, that can't last. Again, when you give over collateral, when you give over collateral, so the person holding the collateral is controlling the collateral. When you come to pay off the debt, you get it back. So God said, you're going to be under the control of other nations. That's unnatural. So I'll be there to take you out. And also, Yisrael, enam ruim seder, you tachat acherim, you acherim mishabdom. And therefore, yadoa shani mishabdom, teda ani goalam. Okay? Again, says them all, because God is going to make sure that everything runs according to the natural order. But there's a temporary departure from the natural order. We have to know, says the Maral, it's temporary. Because it's against the natural order. All right, I'm going to skip here a few lines. Yeah. Okay, again, he repeats the idea that all of these things, um, Pizur, Mashkon, um, um, and Shibut are all in unnatural situations for a nation to be in that situation. Yeah. So if we're really restored to the natural order, the natural order is that all 70 nations will rule independently 
Will the world be restored to the original 70 nations? That I, again, you're asking me to predict the future, okay? And, you know, and I think it was Yogi Berra that said, the problem of predicting the future is it hasn't happened yet, okay? Um, but, but, okay, but we're talking about us, okay, what, what, what we're going to be, okay? All right. Go to the next paragraph, Vecholze. Everybody see where I am, Vecholze? Vecholze tavin kilashon gala vigaal. Otiyot shneem shavot. They have the same letters. Rak shabloshon gaal nirmazbo. Shuit barak gaal otam. Mikol dalad ruchot olam. Umeached et hapizur shalem. Because the Aleph, what does the Aleph represent? The Aleph, what does the Aleph represent? What does the Aleph represent? One. One. What does one represent? Unity. 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 So the, the idea is Ga'al says that we're going to become one. All right? That, well, you're going to become one, even though right now we're spread out over the four corners. Okay? There's a very important Maral talks about this in a number of places. When we talk about sanctity, holiness, and unity, it's always in the middle. The edge. Okay? What's the, 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 the word for edge in Hebrew? What's one of the words for edge? Katzeh. What's the root of the word katzeh? Kates. What is kates? The end. Termination. Says the Maral, when you're at the edges, the edges are termination. The center is where the holiness is. Maral talks about this, why uh, both our whole, all of our holy days are always in the middle. Pesach and Sukkot are in the middle. Because Kedusha is always in the middle. Balance. Where do we see Sukkot and Pesach? the 15th day of the month. They're both in seasons where it's climactically in balance, fall and spring. Okay, the moon is full. All right, everything is in the middle. Kedusha is in the middle. Destruction is at the edge. Ketz, katse. All right? So the idea of ga'al is that that's where the unity lies in the middle, in the center. The kibbutz pirud. Where is it placed in the word? It's placed in the middle of the word. Aval gala, gala, hu behei, shehu pizur. Da pizur hu bedalad ruchos, bekol haktsavot vegam beemtza. So the Maral talks here about the five, four directions, and we always talk about the middle. When he talks about the number seven, we talk about a six-sided cube. The world is in six directions, and then the center is the, is the seventh. Here we're talking about four directions, Okay, and then the middle of the four directions, a plane, a two-dimensional surface. All right, so that's the hay represents pizur. And where do we find the hay? At the end of the word. Is that the Magid that means six directions and then the center? No. When we talk about dispersion, so where is dispersion? In which direction? We talk about dispersion. In which direction is dispersion? Outward. Which direction? Every direction. Every direction. All the directions. Spread out over the entire two pla- the plane of the four, di- four of the four directions of the of the two dimensional surface. If I want, to, I'm going to spread it out over this whole table. So it's in all the directions, and in the middle, it's everywhere. 
Okay, that's what hay represents. Afsha and tsai eno pizur. He's bothered about but the middle is not pizur. The middle is uni- is unity. The varzem ashiyesh b'ma'im tsai balo rot kinish ar bishol koach achdut v'kibutz. Amazing thing. He's saying, why do we use the hay and not the dalid? Should we use the dalid? Four directions. Because the center is not dispersion. The center is unity. She says there's a remez there that even when we're dispersed, there's, an in, there's, a, there's a dimension of unity that we're never completely disconnected. There's always a dimension of unity. It's amazing the fact that the Jewish people are spread out over the entire world. And when a Jew has a problem in Alaska, so a Jew in New York comes to help. It's like it, it, we're connected. Jews have always been connected, even when we're dispersed. That's what it's alluding to here. The fact that there's that middle point shows that at the end of the day we're never completely detached. And since that's unnatural to be dispersed, ultimately we're going to get brought back together. Let's try to rush and finish this chapter. So the hay turns into an aleph. The dispersion turns into unity. Okay? All right. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I repeat always the idea that the hay represents the dispersion. With, with a central point that somehow or other keeps us united, and therefore even in dispersion, there's the potential for unity. Um, okay. Okay, la- last section. Uba Medrash. Uh, you know what? I think I, I didn't even do that. We're going to stop here. Perfect. This is the place we want to finish in the first chapter.